Well, hey, Prayers of Rest listeners. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, This is the wrap-up episode of our Tricky Relationships season on the podcast this spring. And um, as we we were thinking about how to wrap up the season, um, I thought it'd be fun to invite my friend, Melissa Zaldivar, to join me today and kind of turn the tables where um, I'm inviting her to host the show and to ask me questions about the Prayers of Rest podcast, the book, the process, kind of a peek behind the scenes into what the last uh, two years, but especially the last six months have been like as we um, just prayerfully prepared this prayer devotional and brought it to you, our listeners. So Melissa is not just a friend, but she is also officially my book manager with Moody Publishers. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's fun to be on the prayers of rest side of things. <laughs> um, we also found out just about 20 minutes before we started recording that um, all of Melissa's emails have been going to my junk folder. So I felt like she was ignoring me during launch week. <laughs> and meanwhile, she probably thought I was ignoring her. Yeah, I was like, she's really chill this week. Like I've just heard yeah. from her here and there. I, mean, I guess she's just like got a rhythm. It's great. <laughs> it might have been for the best. Maybe we'll let's see, but um, I can't wait to go through when you're like, we need to, we need to get a skywriter. Did you ask me that? Cause I can't wait to find out. No, no, that was not one of them. But at All one right. point I was like, everyone's just really chill <laughs> this week. Uh, and, and we're recording this on the Friday after the prayers of rest book has officially released um, yes. May 17th. So um, you'll be hearing this probably later in July, but we're recording this on the heels of release. And um, I'm just celebrating, Melissa, what God has already done with the Prayers of Rest book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hit number one in multiple categories on Amazon, um, Christian devotional and prayer books. Um, we've just seen a lot of interest and also with a prayer dare that we had mentioned um, this spring, we had over 2,000 people join us for the five-day prayer dare. And it was just an incredible time of gathering together and praying together live and resting in God's promises. So I'm, I'm just celebrating God's faithfulness. Like, I don't think we would have been mm-hmm. able to pull off the prayer dare had the book released in January. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there are so many moments that it's been very clear that the timing is like, oh, this actually worked out better than we could have planned it. Because in our minds, it's coming out in January. It's a new year. You know, it's 365 prayers. So this is going to be a great, like, you know, new year resolution sort of thing. But now it kind of gets its own moment because a lot of us have probably forgotten what our new year's resolutions were at this (laughs) point in the year. (laughs) You know, so it's kind of fun to have like a like a spiritual um, reset in some ways by launching it when we did. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't tell you the number of comments and DMs and emails that I've received from readers who said like, this is literally the perfect time for me to get this book. In fact, I shared it with um, an in real life friend in our local community, uh, signed a copy, gave it to her. And she looked at me, she's like, the timing couldn't be more perfect because I just started prayer journaling last week and I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know how wow. to pray. Um, and if only I there was, was a like, book about this. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I was a little nervous to give her a book on prayer because I, I didn't know if she would welcome it. 
Um, it, it has been a joy to become her friend, but we, we didn't, you know, it can be a little bit like, how do I invite her into the joy of a relationship with Jesus without coming across as a religious fanatic? Um, and so to, I had been praying, God, would you prepare her heart for this, uh, that it would be a gift well-received. And so to hear her say that, I was like, God, your timing is always perfect. It's like, he knows. It's like, like he knows <laughs> he's all knowing and <laughs> omniscient. Isn't that crazy how that happens? Right? Like we have these plans and we often will say to the Lord, so here's what we're going to do. Here's how it's going to go down. Like would love for you to be a part. Um, <laughs> and would you bless it please? <laughs> yeah. Could you please bless it? That'd be great. Thank you. Uh, and so it's really sweet to see how when everything is taken out of our hands as a publisher, you know, we're in the middle of a publishing printing crisis. So for the listener who doesn't know, uh, there has been a lot of sort of uh, issues in the printing industry, as like with many industries, right? You hear this term supply chain and everyone's like, oh no, supply chain. Um, But what that means for book publishing is that there's, uh, you have an option as a paper mill. Do you want to make paper or do you want to uh, make cardboard boxes for companies that are shipping things? And so in the last few years, we've seen a big shift where there's literally not paper, or maybe there aren't enough staff people at the printer once it gets there, or maybe there's a shipping delay. And so, you know, we've seen that, um, we've seen that happening. And so it's so wildly out of our hands in that moment. It's not like they were sitting in the warehouse and we were like, no, Asherita, let's just wait for fun. (laughs) Uh, Like we literally didn't have books. And so it's a, it's a scary feeling, but I think as a publisher, you know, we at Moody, we want to do things the Lord's way. And so in that way, it's kind of forced our hand and allowed us to say, you know what, Lord, we can make all the plans, but like, if the Lord really directs uh, our steps, then we're going to have to fully trust, even though we have schedules and we have staff people and we have printers and we have everything lined up. um, You just never know what it's going to be. And so I think it's also been kind of sweet as a publisher, though I'm sure at times frustrating, um, but it's also been really sweet to see how the Lord just knows when books need to come out, even though we think we're planning and we're marketing and we're strategizing the best time for that book to come out. You know, the Lord said, okay, that's fun. Um, here's what's really going to happen. And we've just had to kind of go with that. And I think in any industry, it would be really challenging to have faced this. But I also feel like at Moody, it's been sweet to see how we can say like, okay, our our value, our identity, our mission is not wrapped up in just what we're doing, but what the Lord is doing. And therefore, we kind of have this incredible safety net of like, well, it's in his hands. Um, and so that's been really sweet to be able to just as a Christian publisher, uh, see the ways that things might not always line up the way you think, but we are in the hands of a faithful God. And, uh, it's really exciting. Yeah. I love how you phrase that, you know, there's that safety net that we're in the hands of a faithful God. And, um, you would think that being someone who wrote a book on resting in God's (laughs) presence and slowing down and like being okay with all that, you'd think this process would have been super easy for me. And yet I found myself, every single day, (laughs) multiple, multiple times a day in the last five months needing to practice what I teach, which is Mm. the importance of trusting God's faithfulness. It's, it's the T in the rest acronym. And, and sometimes I ran directly to that trusting his faithfulness. Sometimes I started with reciting God's goodness and reminding myself like, God, you're the one who brought this about in the first place. Like you are the one who 
so arranged this partnership with community publishers that we'd have a book contract in the first place. Like Mm. you're the one who sustained me through writing 365 of these in about a hundred days from January to March of 2021. And in fact, uh, (laughs) during the living of it, there was this awareness of like, I am literally being sustained by God's supernatural power. And, and yet toward the end of it, I was getting a little bit sick like last week of March of last year. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to get tested because I have like seven more of these to write and I just want to finish. And then Mm. I'm going to go get tested for COVID. (laughs) (laughs) We'll deal with my physical health later. Let's focus on this. I just need to finish this. And um, I did, I finished it. I emailed it off to my, my agent and my editor, Judy, and, um, I went and I got tested and sure enough, I had COVID. And so the last part of this book I wrote while like running a high fever and very ill, (laughs) very ill fast forward a year. And and here I am sitting in March aware that my book is going to be delayed yet again, instead of coming out in April, it was being pushed back to May. And so I was literally reminding myself, like, I can trust God's faithfulness. He has sustained me every step of this book publishing journey. And and I can look at the ways he has been good and kind and generous and faithful. And so even if it's frustrating for me (laughs) that this feels like, you know, authors often compare uh, books to pregnancies, like this is my book baby Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you carry it and you nurture it and then you birth it into the world. Uh, This feels like this book baby has been, you know, five months overdue and it it has felt that way (laughs) in in many ways. And yet, God, I can trust that your timing is good. I can trust that you are doing something that I'm not yet aware of. And when I am tempted to be anxious and worry and hustle, I just do more, I can rest. Uh, mm. In the last five months, I have been learning just at such a deeper level, this message of resting in God's presence. And, and here we are on the other side of it. And I can say, okay, yeah, that was a long wait, but now here we are. Like, it's out and, and he yes. has been good and he has been faithful. And we're just, you know, five days out from launch, starting to hear the stories of readers who are being impacted by this book. And yeah, what a, yeah. a good, faithful God we have. Okay. So Asherita, one of the things that has been really cool to see as the person on the publishing side is the behind the scenes moments that your readers and listeners really don't have um, a lot of insight into. And so one of the things I would love to do is turn the tables here and ask you some questions about your experience with the book writing process itself. You know, the content of the book seems pretty obvious, right? It's a book about prayer. It's a book about rest. It's a book about experiencing God's goodness through prayer. Um, but I would love to talk a little bit about just the background of this book. So if we can go back in time for a moment, you know, you had talked about when you were writing it and when we were putting it out into the world, but let's go back to, you know, you sign a book contract and you're not entirely sure where this is going. It's kind of like standing at the base of a mountain and looking up and saying, how are we going to get to the top? Like, I have no idea what this experience is going to be like, you know, it, it can go so many different directions. There are so many different paths to take. So tell us a little bit about the process of the book coming to be as a concept. Um, And then once you kind of set out on that trail, how it was exactly what you thought it would be and how it was nothing like what you thought it would be. 
Sure. Um, well, after I published um, my Colossian study, He is Enough with Moody, which came out a month after my son Theo was born, um, I got on a phone with my agent, Tawny, and I said, you know, I think I just need a break from publishing. Like this has been three books in about two years and it's just felt like a lot. Um, and a lot. I don't, I don't know that this is a, a pace I want to sustain. Um, so yeah, maybe let's just take a break. And Tawny and I now have been working together for a number of years and, um, she has been just such a faithful friend and also kind of can help pull out, uh, the, the undercurrents of what I'm saying. Um, and so she's like, yeah, you know, that's fine. Like your health as a person, your, your emotional, your spiritual health is most important, but I'm just curious, like, do you have a dream? Like if you were to write another book at some point in the future, mm. What yeah. would you want to write about? And so I thought about that for, I don't know, 20 seconds. And then what followed was 30 minutes of me telling her, I kid you not, seven different book ideas. <laughs> Turns out there's something there. <laughs> Turns out uh, I would write this and I would write that. And, you know, I would write uh, a, a book on Bible habits and, and linking it up with something that we do every day, like breakfast. And, and I would write a follow-up to unwrapping the names of Jesus uh, for Lent, where we study the love of Jesus. And, and I would want to talk about um, spiritual habits in a joyful way that, that help us enjoy Jesus' presence and not just legalistic. And, and I've had this idea of um, kind of reframing how we pray and thinking about it through the lens of rest. And I have developed this acronym REST that I had used at speaker retreats and um, yeah, like Mother's Day banquets. And I'd done several of these events where we would gather publicly and pray through the rest format. And I thought it, it would be really neat to write a devotional that's 365 days of resting in God's promises. And so that was the original concept of the book um, is that there would be 365 promises that we would rest in and um, kind of fast forwarding of the seven different ideas that I had uh, four of them sounded good to Moody. We signed a four book contract, which is unusual in the author world. Um, and I don't know that I would do it again, yeah. but <laughs> um, it's like, this it, is a good idea. Can you come up with others later? Okay, yeah. cool. Let's sign a contract. <laughs> uh, I mean, at the time it was good because it kind of gave me a roadmap for the next six years to say, mm, okay, here's yeah. where I'm headed. And I can be very intentional about research and um, messaging and, and learning where my readers and listeners are in relationship to this topic. Um, and so it gave me an opportunity to build a really long on-ramp to the development of each of these books. So Prayers of Rest is book number three in that four-book contract. Um, and when it, it was actually supposed to be book number four. But when COVID happened and the lockdown happened, I've shared this story, I think on this podcast before and in almost every interview of just my like breakdown um, in, in the beginning of the lockdown where I was on the floor of my laundry room, just literally having a panic attack for the first time in my life and being like, wow. I, I can't do this anymore. Like mm -hmm. I just cannot cope with my family being home 24 seven and uh, the divisions in the church and in my own family over like political issues and the uncertainty of the future and um, everything that's happening in the world and in my own life. Like I just cannot 
do this anymore. And God met me in such a personal way on the floor of my laundry room, uh, just bringing to word to mind the words of Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. And um, over the course of about 15 minutes, like that soundtrack in my mind of I can't do this anymore got quieter and quieter and Mm. God's voice got louder and louder until finally like my body had calmed down, my mind, my spirit, my heart, like Mm. everything just kind of came to a place of rest. And Melissa, I realized like I am not going to make it through this lockdown who knows how long it's going to be at this point. It was two weeks in. Uh, I'm not going to make it. Yeah, we I, thought we could. This might even be three <laughs> weeks of a pandemic, guys. Right, right. <laughs> we have uh, no idea. And I mean, there, no no political commentary here. I'm just going to say, like, for me, I realized that if I do not set aside an intentional time of seeking God's presence and resting in him, like, not just... The, the worship that I had been doing up to that point, not just intercessory prayer um, that, that had been important to me, but a, a way of meditating on scripture that focuses on an awareness of God's presence, resting with him and, and communion at a soul spirit level. Like I realized that is what I need. I need those laundry room moments every day Minus the panic attack that led me there. <laughs> wasn't great. That was that would not recommend. Let's not repeat that. Um, and so I I invited my Instagram community to join me. And um, I said, I'm gonna be going live every morning for 30 minutes of prayer. I'm gonna walk you through this rest prayer acronym. And if anyone wants mm. to join me, that's fine. And if you don't, that's all right too. Like I know I need it. Um, and so I'll be here. And the next morning my alarm went off at like 6 30. And Melissa, I'm like, why? Did I think this is a good idea? <laughs> Why did I sign myself up for this? All my friends are doing these Netflix binges and there's Tiger King and like all the different things. <laughs> and I need to go to bed early so I can wake up and and go live on prayer. And my thumb was like shaking as I hit go live. But I realized even if no one else shows up, I need this. I need mm. this time of prayer. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and just God met us in such a special way. During those prayer calls, uh, we had dozens of women join from around the world, uh, all different time zones. Uh, people would watch on replay who couldn't join us live. We mm-hmm. ended up praying for eight weeks, Monday through Friday, every day, 7 a.m. Um, and it it became this community experience mm-hmm. that was beyond just me in my time yeah. of prayer with the Lord. And so out of that, um, because people weren't able to join us live, we transitioned from that to a podcast um, once a week. And I didn't know if this would continue. Like hmm. I brought it before the Lord and I said, I've always wanted to do a podcast. And I guess, you know, this seems like the right time and we'll do it for the summer and see what happens. Yeah. Um, and you guys, like listeners of this podcast showed up in such a powerful way. Um, subscribing, sharing with their friends, listening every week, it far Mm. exceeded my expectations. And it was one of those moments where um, they're they're just a handful in my years of ministry, but it was one of those moments, Melissa, when I realized God is doing something so much bigger than Mm. just me. Um, and, And I get to be a part 
of something that his spirit is doing in the world. So yeah, like, yeah, just blown away by the end of the the summer. Um, it was just taking so much time to produce the podcast that I said, if, um, if you guys are enjoying this and you want to continue, like I need to hire someone to produce this podcast because I, I can't keep doing it. Um, and so we'll see, like, if the Lord has it, then he'll provide. And again, showed up on incredible mm. ways within 48 hours. We had the cost of the podcast covered by mm. generous patrons who, who supported us in this work. And here we are two years later and the podcast is continuing to reach. Um, in fact, we just passed the 300,000 downloads threshold um, wow. in, in these two years. And I'm just like, God, like you are calling your people to prayer mm. and Again, I'm just so privileged to be a part of it. So the book timeline kind of coincides with that. Um, that summer when I was producing the podcast, I reached out to my editor and I said, Judy, I know the Prayers of Rest book is supposed to be book number four in the lineup, but could we actually swap it and make this one the next one? Because I think we have something happening here with this community, with this podcast. I think the time is right for us mm. to put these prayers in written form because so many listeners were asking, like, would you provide transcripts of the prayers? Like we want to go back and pray these prayers and um, have them easily accessible. And so the the book Prayers of Rest, even though I had originally like brainstormed it in that call with my agent years ago, uh, the way that God brought shape to it, but also brought a community around it in in the preparing the the prayer the forming the early um, confirmation that this is something that's needed um, all of that has been unique to prayers of rest I mean this is my seventh book published with Moody but it's the first time I've seen something like this happen and it is just so so special yeah you know I love hearing the story and how in your moment you know kind of like we're saying it's it's week two of of this pandemic. And, you know, we don't know if it's going to be three weeks or three months or however long it's going to be. And so in the face of just unknown on a lot of fronts, I love that you turned to an unknown God. Um, I want to say, is it, is it Corey Ten Boom who talks about, you can trust a known God with an unknown future or something along the lines. I might be totally butchering it, but you know, I, I love that that was your anchoring force and that then it became the anchoring force for so many that needed it as well. Like at the end of the day, what we really needed was, was Jesus. And, and that was a way for you to sort of collectively turn to him as the people of God. And maybe some people who aren't even the people of God yet. And they've just, you know, thought prayer might be a good idea. People were very open to those things. And so it's been really beautiful to watch that unfold. But one of the things you said, I think uh, the listeners might be interested to hear more about, which is, you know, you talked about how you had this plan of it'll be book number four. No, wait, let's make it book number three. And sometimes when we talk about prayer, you know, there's the conversation with us toward God. But what does it look like for you to hear from God in a way that isn't, you know, obviously we're not talking about some like big audible moment where he's like, <laughs> Asherita, it's me. Like, choose the, the laundry detergent on the left, like some like, <laughs> like really specific thing. But what does it mean to hear and to be sensitive to maybe what is the next right step? It could be about book writing. It could be about a choice around parenting. Mm -hmm. It could be around choices you're making in like your vocation. You know, how have you found 
hearing from the Lord and and being willing to go that way and and trust him in that when maybe, you know, you thought you had another plan. Like, what has that experience looked like for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like this is a big reason why we subtitled the book, Slowing Down and Hearing God's Voice, because mm. it's been a learning journey for me. Um, where most of my prayers were me coming to God and just, I'll just talk, 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 tell him all the things, the adoration, the confession, the things to give me, the stuff like, like, let me tell you all the things, God. And then I would say, amen and move on with my day and Mm -hmm. did not experience an awareness of God's presence the way Mm -hmm. I heard other people talk about. Um, and, and that made me, I, I think there's a holy jealousy when you hear people talk about a closeness to Jesus that they experience. And you're like, you know what? I want that too. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to look back and, and see God's hand at work in the little things because I can see his hand at work in the big things. But um, like, it, yeah, I, I could go on and on of just the the unrest in my heart of saying, God, I'm missing something here about what it means to be your child, what it means to have your spirit living in me. Uh, the gentle, the, the good shepherd says, um, I, you know, my sheep know my voice. I call them by name. They're mine. They, they hear my voice and they follow me. They follow my voice. And, and that had become a prayer, which is what I would say is the, the first thing is, if you notice something is missing that you long for in your relationship with God, ask him, ask him for that. Years ago, I can point to the time where I realized I was bored reading my Bible and, mm. and I made it a point to ask God, would you create in me a hunger for your word? Would you cause me to thirst for your presence, to, to make your word spirit and life to me. Like I'm tired mm-hmm. of being bored with my Bible reading and, yeah. and God answers those prayers. So here I was in, in another, um, chapter of, of my life journey, realizing God, I want an awareness of your presence. I want to, to be more aware that you are with me and you are guiding me that I'm not, working by myself. I'm not writing by myself. I'm not parenting by myself. I want to be able to distinguish your still small voice during Mm. those pivotal moments of my day. And, um, for me, that looked like intentionally setting aside time to be still with God, to practice listening to his voice, um, in the quiet time, so that I would know what his voice sounds like in the midst of the busyness. <laughs> yeah. Like there yeah. is so much noise around us. There, there's the radio and podcasts and music. There's little kids talking or, or big people calling us and, and just there's always demands on our time. And then internally, there's so many distractions. Like I, I talk about this all the time. I feel like I would sit down to pray and 45 seconds into my prayers, I would think about the meat that needs pulled out of the freezer and the laundry that needs switched over. And that one email mm-hmm. from Alyssa that I need to reply to. Uh, <laughs> that and, has a response, but it's sitting in your junk mail. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, and, and so we are, we are distracted but there's also just so many demands on us. And unless Mm. we set us like, unless we intentionally set aside time 
to become aware of God's presence with us. Like he has not taken his spirit away from us. He's placed his spirit within us as a deposit of what is to come, that God promises that he will once again dwell with his people and we will see him face to face. We will get to commune with him uh, the way a husband does with a wife, right? There, there's just this beautiful mm. intimacy that is promised to us. And Jesus says that he sent his spirit, the counselor, the comforter, the guide as a deposit as a foretaste of what's to come. And, yeah. and we need to sit with him in quiet, in rest, tell him all the things. That's why we recite his goodness and express our neediness first. Like we tell him all the things and then we take time to be still and actually listen. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like there's a lot we could say about how do you discern if it's God's voice speaking or if it's your own desires, how do you know if it's like your fears coming up or if it's, uh, actual like wisdom to hold back from doing something. And that could be a whole nother podcast for, for another Mm. time, but there's, you know, it's been said and it's worth repeating. God will never contradict his word. (laughs) Like he has revealed to us his heart and his will in scripture. And, and the more familiar we become with his written word, I think the better we will get at listening and discerning his unspoken word to our hearts. So often he uses scripture in my life when I ask Mm. for wisdom for a writing decision or something with my kids, like he will bring words that I memorized years ago as a child to mind. And somehow they're the the most perfect applicable (laughs) uh, verse to that situation. Sometimes he'll use friends, uh, wise counsel, like I, for a season, I, I'd wanted to always be a writer um, and a missionary. I didn't know how it would work out. And, and there was a season of brokenness in my family that caused me to walk away from, from that dream and to work in telemarketing, of all things. <laughs> there is a fun fact. Um, and, mm. and I worked in telemarketing for three years after graduation um, until someone came up and said, you know, God has placed a talent in your heart and in your life and you have Mm. buried it and that's okay because you're going through a season of, of hurt and healing, but the time is coming when you need to unbury that and and place that talent in the purpose of his kingdom. Um, and, and I could really see you, um, you know, serving alongside like Revive Our Hearts Ministries and and Nancy Lee DeMoss, I just think has such a heart that's similar to your heart. And I'm like, oh, come on. Like, she's like a a celebrity Christian. Like Nancy doesn't know who I am. This will never happen. Just that was so far removed from the realm of possibility, Melissa. Um, But, but I brought it to God in prayer and I said, God, are, are you trying to say something to me here. And a few weeks later, someone else came almost identical, Melissa, about burying the treasure and it's time to unbury it and put it into service. And, and you know how this works. There's the sermon that brings up the same passage and there's the book and there's the song. And suddenly you're like, God, you're telling me something. And that was nine and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and this fall, I have the privilege of joining, um, the Revive Our Hearts team for their True Woman Conference. And it just blows me away. Like, God, you you are the miracle working God. And it's a privilege, mm. such a privilege. Yeah. 
It's true. It's it's always very unexpected or it's often unexpected. It's not always unexpected. Sometimes it's like everyone's like, oh, we could have seen that. We we saw that coming. You know, we could have told you that. But I love what you're saying about specifically about scripture. How does this align with scripture? Is this what the Lord has? And, you know, if we don't open our Bibles and if we don't spend time in prayer, it's it's kind of like saying, so Asherita, like your marriage um, to your husband, like, is it easier when you talk to each other? Like, obviously, it's easier when you talk to each other. Like, you know, if I said, how are things going with you guys? And you said, well, you know, I haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. And we texted, you know, five days ago about something briefly. Like, it's fine. I would be like, are you sure it's fine? Like, if you're living in the same house, if you're in the same areas, if you're parenting the same children and walking through the same struggles, like, why wouldn't you talk to each other? Why wouldn't you um, make that effort? And I'm saying this as a single woman, I often think of, Jesus um, in that way as as a partner, as someone that I want to be in close contact with. And therefore, I can't just give him my laundry list of here's all the things I'm thinking about by and believe that we have a healthy relationship. And so if we want to hear from the Lord, we have to be still. And if we want to be still and soak in scripture, we have to open scripture and make time to pray. So I love how it's all so connected to ultimately um, allowing our relationship with Jesus um, to be in a good place, in a healthy place, in a place where um, it's easy to distinguish at times his voice because we're just so used to hearing it. You know, there's that passage of scripture that talks about how the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. They know the shepherd's voice. I've always heard that and understood that, you know, in theory, because, you know, it's in, in the Bible or whatever. Um, but a few years ago, I was out at a farm near where I live in Massachusetts and it's the oldest farm in America. It's like been, they've been farming there since the 1630s. And so I'm out there and you know, you never know what you're going to see. There's like cattle, there's horse trails, there's all sorts of stuff, but there was this little flock of sheep hanging out in a field one day and they were, they were theoretically fenced in, but they had a lot of space and you could kind of walk around amongst them. Like they weren't behind a fence. And, uh, I was I was trying to get their attention because I want to take a picture. I want them to look at me. And so I'd be like, hey, when sheep, the sheep hey, to sheep. look at you. <laughs> well, yeah, they're all like grazing. And I'm like, hey, like, hey, guys, what's up? You know, and and they just are acting like so unimpressed. They don't really care that I'm there. They're walking around. They're not even really paying me any mind. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And I'm like, oh, you know, sheep are cute. And I walk away and not 10 seconds after I walk away, I hear this voice like over a hill off in the distance. And it's this strong, loud voice. And I realize it's the voice of the shepherd because he literally yells, hey, sheep, that's all he yells. And all of them, like their heads pop up and they turn and they all just start running toward the barn. And I'm like, what is happening? And he just is yelling, hey, sheep. And they're just coming to him. And I'd never seen that before. But, you know, when it says in scripture that the sheep know his voice, like (laughs) those sheep knew his voice. I was yelling at the sheep trying to get their attention. They did not care. Um, But they knew the voice of the shepherd and they knew that he was the one who's going to care for them. He's the one that's going to feed them. I'm just a rando with a cell phone taking photos, but he's the one who cares and shepherds them literally. Um, And so I just loved their enthusiasm and their paying (laughs) attention and not a single one like wandered off. Like they just all were like, it's go time. Mm. Um, And so I think it's, it's so important just to remember when, if we want to learn to hear Jesus voice, maybe we should listen. Um, (laughs) Imagine that. I'm glad you 
brought up that because it made me think of um, my years in Romania as a missionary kid. So uh, seven to 17, I lived in Romania and we lived in Mm -hmm. this super rural village. Like we didn't even have running water. We had a well that we would like manually pull water up out of a bucket and we had an outhouse for years. Um, (laughs) so super rural. Um, and there was, you know, the local shepherd who, yeah, was out with his sheep in the fields. And, um, at some points it'd be annoying because you'd like be in a rush to get somewhere in your car and the sheep just take their sweet old time passing the road. Like they don't care that you're in a hurry. (laughs) They're just (laughs) over there with their shepherd, like crossing from this field to that one. Um, it, it was just such a common occurrence and the shepherd was always there with them. Like I never mm. once saw a flock of sheep without the shepherd watching mm. over them. Yeah. And, um, it, it was years later that I read this about shepherds. I, I wasn't aware of it. Um, that typically shepherds will walk ahead of the sheep and lead them to where he wants them to go from one pasture to another. But in the midst of a storm or trouble, if it's getting dark, um, so like you think dusk when it's time to bring the sheep in to the pen, um, a shepherd will fall back into the middle of the flock and Mm. walk alongside with them, either whistling a tune or singing a song or like constantly talking to them so that they'd hear his voice and he would move with them into that next place that they had to go. Um, and, and I think of Psalm 23, right? Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are with me. Mm. And I've experienced that of God's presence in my life um, that in the good times, it feels like, okay, God, I, you know, I, I just want to make sure I'm headed in the right direction. Like I want to follow you. Would you make it clear to me, you know, where you want me to go? And, and especially in the last few years, there's been this, um, just sweetness of, of fellowship in working with the spirit um, even writing prayers of rest, you know, 365 of these in a hundred days, my prayer was, this does not feel restful, but would you energize me <laughs> by your spirit? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to write this with you. Um, uh-huh. but looking over the last 18 months, the, the hard moments, the, the ugly crying on my laundry floor moments, um, it was not God, where are you? It was the good shepherd, right there in the midst of the hard times, holding me, singing over me, speaking his Mm. loving comfort and presence, surrounding me with his love. And that is what the good shepherd does. Like he longs to reveal himself to us, whether it's a good day or if you're listening to this and it has just been the worst day ever or the week or month of pain and brokenness, know that your good shepherd is right there with you. You don't have to chase him down. You don't have to wonder where he's gone. He is the one walking alongside you and he longs for you to find rest in him. And so that's why Jesus welcomes us. This has been, you know, the the theme of the last 18 months with this book and podcast and, and the community, everything we've done with prayers of rest is Jesus' words in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Mm, I love that. 
Okay. So one quick last question for you. When we think through this book and, you know, there are those seasons, as you just mentioned with the shepherd, I love that visual of sometimes he's just walking ahead. Everyone's fine. And sometimes he's in the midst of things when it's stressful, when there's a storm or when it's dark. And so, you know, we come at our spiritual lives, I mean, which are our lives, point blank, everything connects to Jesus. But, you know, we come into different seasons and sometimes all is well. And it feels like you can linger. You finish a whole cup of coffee before your kids wake up. Like everything seems like a little bit slower. And then there are times where it's like, we're rushing, we're exhausted. Maybe you have a newborn or it's the end of the school year or whatever it is. You know, one of the things I love about this book is that you can use it kind of in two different ways. Like one of them for when you can linger and one of them when you're like, I have this quick thing that needs attention right now. And, and we're kind of in the trenches and I just, I need a quick go-to because I'm feeling mad or because I'm experiencing a hard emotion or because I'm um, just not even sure what to pray right now, or maybe something horrible has happened and I just need guidance because I don't have words, you know, there's sort of an urgency to it. So would you just talk a little bit about your heart for the reader as they encounter this book? Um, kind of who is who is it for in those two camps and how can they use this book both when they're in seasons of light and leisure or when they're in seasons of intensity and urgency? Yeah, <clears throat> well, I'll respond to the light and leisure <laughs> camp first. Sure. Uh, and, and that's what I've discovered in my own life is that there is um, a place and a time for training ourselves in prayer. Um, and so I, I think back to like our, our season of praying through hard emotions. And one of the things I'd say in the intro of every episode is, you know, you might not be feeling angry right now, but take time to pray through this anyway, because you're giving yourself language to learn how to express these hard emotions so that when you do feel that way in the heat of the moment, you've mm-hmm. already learned how to bring this to God. You might not be feeling jealous right now or bitter or depressed, uh, but take time to learn how to pray scripture over these emotions, right? You might not be struggling with your mother-in-law right now, or you might not have a friend who's grieving the loss of a loved one, but take time to learn how to pray in these situations because then in the moment, um, you will have stored up a treasure of God's word to pull on when you need it most. You know, I think of that laundry room moment for me. Um, I, I didn't have my Bible with me on the laundry room floor. I didn't have a collection of prayers and chances are, even if I would have, I was not in an emotional state where I would have wanted to reach out for those things right? There's a lot to be said for like, I'm just not in the mood yeah, right now. I can't okay? even open a book right now. Thanks. <laughs> like <laughs> the millennial, I can't even. Um, and, and so what we do in the light and leisure moments uh, trains us for how we respond in the hard times. Um, so, so if you're in a space where you can devote you know, 10 minutes of praying through these prayers. I I would love to see readers, you know, pick a collection, whether praying through God's promises or or praying through um, who I am in Christ, like declarations of of who God calls us and and train yourself that way 
even if you don't feel like you need it right now. Um, pray through each of the REST and have a prayer journal where you add your own prayers, your own words to these prayers. Um, I love that. Because then in the hard times, when you just throw up a help me, Jesus, <laughs> uh, his spirit who intercedes for us in our time of need, the one who groans when we have no words, um, he will be the one to guide you through those times. He will be the one to bring uh, that verse that you need as a lifeline. Uh, For me, it was Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. I think it's also valuable to train ourselves with the rest framework of prayer, of, of just living and breathing this rhythm of reciting God's goodness, of expressing our neediness, of taking time to seek his stillness, and then ending our prayers with trusting his faithfulness, because then that will become second nature to us in the rushed, busy moments of like, oh gosh, the baby was up last night and uh, my other kid is throwing up and this one's going to be late for the bus. And I like slept in and I missed my prayer time. What am I going to do? There it is. Recite God's goodness. You are with me, God, even in this hard time. And God, you know, I need you. Would you help me show love and grace to my family today? And then take a deep breath, become aware of his spirit who is with you and dwelling you, empowering you, and then declare to your own heart, God, I trust you. I trust that you'll be with me right now. It, it can be as simple as a breath prayer in those moments, but, but those need to be anchored in, in these intentional times of praying and seeking God's presence so that we do have that response in the hard times. I love it. I love it, friend. Well, thanks for answering questions about the book and a little bit behind the scenes. You know, I feel like we could talk for about 19 years um, <laughs> about all of these things. I love it so much, but you know, just as someone who has watched it sort of from the sidelines and seen you do this, you know, I also speak probably on behalf of some of the listeners and readers when I say thanks for taking the time to write it down, even when you were <laughs> very ill, um, <laughs> because it is uh, something that points us to Jesus and and he is our our hero in this situation. And it is it is a joy to get to um, see him in a new light as a result of, of the the love and the hard work, the blood, sweat, and tears that you poured out. So we're grateful. Oh, Melissa, thank you. And, um, you know, listeners probably don't know this, but you have been such a helpful guide and such a good friend over the past year or so as we've prepared this book to bring it to readers. And Melissa has answered more than one SOS text message from me saying, what in the world is happening right now? And, uh, just speaking, uh, refreshment and peace and, and God's faithfulness over these situations. So Melissa, thank you for being such a good friend uh, and such a great cheerleader through this. Oh, I'm glad to do it. And I feel sad that I didn't start working at Moody sooner because I know that Ashley and Judy and so many others have stewarded uh, your previous books and these books. And uh, they, I feel like they sort of walked so I could run in a lot of ways. And so Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for the, all of the people that are involved um, in the project. And uh, so shout out to the rest of the Moody team for making it happen. Um, we're really, we're really proud of you and we're excited to help champion this book. 
Awesome. Well, hey, pros of rest listeners, thank you so much for joining us here for this behind the scenes conversation with Melissa. And um, we would love to hear from you. Honestly, I've, I've shared a little bit about the, the process, maybe a lot more than a little bit <laughs> about the process these last 18 months, but I would love to know how God has met you through this podcast, um, how you are meeting with him through the pages of this book. You can leave a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I do read every single review. I love hearing uh, just where God is meeting you in your own personal life. Or you can go to prayersofrest.com and find the button that says, uh, send me a voice message. And I love hearing your voice. I love responding to your voice messages with more voice messages. So you can find that in the book and a lot more resources to help you grow in your prayer life at prayersofrest.com. All right, coming up this summer, we have a series on minor prophets with major impact. Our hope is that you will learn to recognize God's love in the little ways this summer. So that is coming up next week and that will carry us through the summer. I'm so excited to see how God will open our hearts and our minds to recognize his presence and his love, even in the places we don't expect to look. So be watching for that. Until we meet again, may you find rest in God's loving presence.